We've worshipped in fellowship. We've worshipped in prayer. Now we're going to worship in praise and testimony. All right? So there's mics here. Now, I need you to, like, talk into the mic, not be shy. And you can move the mic so it's at your level, up or down. That's, that's great, all right? You guys can have a seat. Thanks for waiting. You guys were like, is he going to tell us to have a seat? Can I sit down? I love that. I could almost feel the awkward for a second. It's all good. I felt it. Praise the Lord. So, anybody? Come on up. 30 seconds to a minute. I saw the Lord this week, right? So just like I set it up before, let me set it up again. In the passage, Mary says to the disciples, I have seen the Lord after the resurrection, right? I've seen the power, right? And then last week, 10 of the disciples went to Thomas and they said, hey, we have seen the Lord. So now it's your turn. Have you seen the Lord? All right. Mics are open. This is the way we're going to worship, by praising God. If you've seen Him in a Bible verse or something, in a time with God, great. Read the Bible verse for us. That's great. That's safe. But also, you can be like, hey, this is what God did in my life this week. I'm going to keep talking until somebody comes. All right, thank you. Blake's coming. All right, more to follow so I don't have to talk anymore because i got a lot of preaching to do. Come on, Blake. And I might have to get on my knees for this. All right. So I'm Blake, and uh, I've struggled with pornography since I was 13 years old. And uh, I'm married. I have two beautiful daughters. And my wife has struggled with this ever since we got married, too, with me. And uh, this week, she went on a trip with her parents, or with her mom and her sisters, and left me at home with one of my daughters, and I didn't watch pornography one time. I never thought I'd be able to say that. But God showed up this week. And I'm thankful. Praise the Lord. Let's go. How'd you see God work this week? Uh, I was uh, was asked to pray for a friend of mine who was dealing with a hard time. I'm Eric Hudala, by the way. Um, so I was asked to pray for a friend of mine, and uh, as I was praying, I got a picture of him where I saw Jesus. It was like he, Jesus was knighting him. So Jesus had his sword, the flat of his sword on his shoulder. And so I, I shared that, and then as I continued to pray for him, um, a verse came to mind about that that I want to read. It's in Malachi. I bet. Okay. Uh, da, da, da. Malachi 3.16. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my treasured possession, and I will spare them as a man spares his son, who serves him. Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. Um, so there, there was that, and then while I was continuing to pray for him, I, I shared the verse, and he said that was spot on, what he needed. And then, uh, but as I continued, I had this sense that there was something that God wanted to show him directly. There are things that God wants to tell you directly. He doesn't want to go through a mediator all the time. He wants to speak to you directly. Today, this week, every day, he wants to meet with you. Hallelujah. God bless you guys. Amen. That's a pastor right there. Preach. I love it. Have you seen God work in your life this week? Come on. 
Don't wait for somebody else. Come on. If you keep coming, I preach shorter. We're waiting for the promise. I can say that. I'm a sister. <laughs> um, my name is Cheryl. And I'm going to say that the way I'm seeing God work right now in my life is the way that he weaves things together. So I think so often we don't notice that as God at work. But um, I said to my small group last Sunday, we were finishing the book of James, and it was all about prayer and I've been thinking and praying now for a couple of months about what's next for our small group. And I had decided, you know, not of my own accord, that maybe we should do a book on prayer. And so our small group ended on prayer with a really rich discussion. We're talking about moving forward into a book on prayer. And then this week in my devotions, I picked up a book I hadn't been reading lately, a Devo book, and several of the devos this week were on prayer. And uh, I'm just bringing this up because, one, it's really great confirmation for me, right, that this is the right, the right thing for us to talk about next. Um, and I hope it's really special to our small group ladies as well. But just as a reminder to say, God shows up in a lot of ways, and some of them are so subtle, if we're not paying attention, we don't even see it. Yeah, it's on. Should be. No? Yeah. All right. So my name's Cameron. Um, okay. <laughs> um, and I saw God show up this week as healer. Um, so my mom is battling cancer right now. And she has been for a couple of months. And one of the side effects that she has from... Uh, the chemotherapy treatment is she's been having these mouth sores that have been very painful and she's been having trouble eating and drinking um, and even just talking. And so normally we uh, will talk on the phone for a long time each day and she enjoys that. But um, on Wednesday she just was like, I have, to, I have to hang up. It's just it's too painful. So on Thursday I spent some time with her during my, my day off from work and um, just prayed with her and just asked God, to, to be healer, um, and the next morning she, she texted me that she felt um, 100% and um, had originally turned down some plans with people because she didn't feel up for it, but um, immediately met, called them or texted them and told them to, to come on over and say hi because she had been feeling so good, so I just wanted to praise him for that this week. Come on. Uh, my name is Todd Alexander. So uh, a week ago at this time, uh, I was actually in Regions Hospital. Um, I uh, suffered an aborted stroke. Um, Ed thinks I need to just lose 50 pounds and I'd be in much better shape. But um, <laughs> um, I saw God show up as a comforter and a healer. And uh, it was really amazing. My My... Favorite verse, Steve knows this, is Proverbs 3, 5, 6. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways you will acknowledge him and he will guide your path. And I saw, I, I felt his presence. I felt the prayers by so many people. And uh, uh, it was amazing. And still don't know why it happened. Never saw it coming. Don't know how it happened but I know it did happen. And I believe as a result of it that God is actually calling me to be closer to him. He wants me closer to him. And um, that's what I need to do. Everything else, I just need to trust him. Amen. 
go through hard things. Come on up. Come on up, both of y'all. Both of y'all. Come on up. Every time you don't come up, we've got to wait for the next guy. Let's come on up. You can, you can bring it up. That one's working now. Is it working? Yeah, if you I don't like want this COVID. One better. This is where everybody else goes. We're all in one accord right here, huh? <laughs> um, I just, this week, looking through a lot of things, um, kind of frustrations with the church maybe in general, not this church, the broad church of Jesus Christ. A lot of hate, a lot of vitriol. A lot of people just blaming everybody else. Really kind of sounding like the world in my mind. So this verse really spoke to me this week. And probably every day since you come to faith in Christ, this should speak to you, I guess. So 2 Corinthians 13, 5. And I think this goes well with the stay message as well. Um, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test? I hope you will find out that we have not failed the test, but we pray to God that you may not do wrong, not that we may appear to have met the test, but that you may do what is right, though we may not seem to though we may seem to have failed, for we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak, which we've, you've all demonstrated that very well, well done, and you are strong. The Lord is strong, and I just want to testify that. I really felt that this week in his presence as well. That was for the message. Bob, you're up. Pastor Bob, you were coming, so I'll just call on you now so that we don't have to wait. Come on. Somebody else? In my work with the Lord, my biggest preoccupation was how can I always be constantly aware of His presence? Because most of the time, I can go to pray. I promise that I will keep my mind on you. But the minute I get out, it's only a matter of time before I forget. I don't know about you, but for me, I forget completely sometime. It's only by the evening that I will remember. Or maybe the time to go to bed. I've been, like you said, waiting and waiting and waiting, Lord, how can I be aware of your presence every single time? About, uh, because for me, I knew that if, if I could just be aware of the Lord, the presence of the Lord every time, then that awareness will keep me awake and will make me do what he wants so uh, about two months ago and even even right now as i'm speaking i'm feeling it uh, the brother that had a stroke said something feeling i felt yes there's a point where uh, you need to feel it's by faith but like you said exactly by faith but sometimes the lord can also touch our senses our body Two months ago, I was praying, and I felt during my deep time of prayer, it was about uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, really deep, deep time of prayer, I felt a warm, very warm liquid like water was gushing out of my ear, this right ear. I did not understand what it was. I touched, but I could not feel the water physically, but I could feel in my ear there was water coming up. And prayer was very intense. The next morning, I woke up, I touched, I felt nothing. Then the following night, the same thing. 
as I was praying in a deep, deep prayer, the same thing happened. And I started wondering what it was. My ears are fine. I don't have that problem. But why am I feeling this? Then the voice came. I don't know where it came from, but I could a sense of awareness of a voice saying, if you hear that, then I want to speak to you. Then down down, the, the bell rang in me that it was the Lord. And finally, uh, this past week, as we all have been waiting, not only this year, but this one too, so warm water. Now, what is happening is this. I can be wherever I am. It doesn't matter the crowd, even here. Even as I'm speaking, I'm already feeling it. It will this with that, and then this one. What it does is this. I'm feeling again. What it does is I become aware, like a wake-up call every time. I'm among people talking, then all of a sudden you hear this gushing water. And eh, I am with the Lord. Eh, I am with the Lord. So now, I'm not yet there, but I feel that the Lord is always, that awareness is now awakened in me. It's, it's kind of personal, but I want just to share with you. That's, that's astounding. And I think sometimes in the church, we are scared to share our deepest things. What God's doing in our life. Right? So, I've never shared this with you guys. Blake, thanks for starting us off. Appreciate you, man. Being really vulnerable. That was really good. And, and everybody got real comfortable there. Thank you. That was, that was a blessing. God used you. And thank you for every one of you that shared. I'm just going to say real quick, um, for several years now, and only a few people close to me would know this, um, every once in a while, I'll see the numbers 911. 9-11. What do you think of when you think of 9-11? I think of the Twin Towers. I think of the destruction. I think of kind of a warning and whatnot. Well, I've always thought that, and I always like, why is this number? Why does this keep happening? Why? What are you trying to tell me, God? You can almost grow frustrated, right, with the Lord when you're like, it's not clear. You're not a God of confusion. You're a God of clarity, right? So I was sharing this with someone this past uh, summer, last summer, and um, and she said to me, um, I don't, I don't think God's warning you. My sense with that is that God's asking you to call out to Him. That when He's showing you that, He wants you to pray. He wants you to come to Him. He wants you to call out to Him. He's asking you. It's an invitation. It's not a warning or rebuke. And I thought about that for the last year. And I, I haven't seen it a lot, but uh, I'm just going to testify to the truth. This is weird. This morning, I got here at 7 o'clock. I was setting stuff up. The rest of the team got here at 8 because we didn't have worship today, so we didn't have to practice. So praise the Lord. And so we got a little reprieve. And, you know, we go through all our paces. We get everything up and ready for church. And I'm, you've probably seen me before service. I'm darting all over, you know, trying to get it all done, you know, <laughs> like a chicken with his head cut off. And I just remembered, oh man, I didn't set up the children's thing. Well, the guys had already done it. And then I'm like, well, I got to get the sound for the lobby. And I go to grab the iPad. And I turn it on. And guess what I see? 9-11. Didn't I tell you last week on the way to church, I prayed the whole way to church. I didn't do that this week. I listened to worship music. That was a different. And in my spirit, I sensed God saying, I want you to talk to me. I want you to pray. I want you to call out to me. Again, 
I could prove it to you, you'll either believe or you don't believe, right, what I'm saying. You'd be like, oh, you just made that up. Whatever. It doesn't matter to me. You either believe it or you don't. That's maybe a good segue to our message. You either believe it or you don't. All I can do is testify to what God's done in my life over the last, like, three years. And the oddest things, right? At first I was like, it's OCD. I'm just, like, looking at the clock at the right time. <laughs> it, it's not. God's speaking through some numbers. And I'm grateful, right? Not to get weird. I'm just grateful that God wants my attention, that God wants me to call on him, and that that's how he chose to ask me to do it. I'm grateful. So, all right, I testify to the goodness of the Lord. Praise him and him alone, huh? All right, all right. Hey, we're also going to worship not just in testimony or praise, but we're going to worship in giving. And as we worship in giving, you know, it's kind of interesting since COVID hit. We We don't pass any bags. There's not really this time where we like get to like worship and giving, but we have reserved, maybe you've noticed it, like this time every week to be like, hey, it's time to give. Right? Maybe you give online. That's great. Okay? Maybe you don't give because you're visiting. You shouldn't, right? This is for our regular attenders and our members. And if you want to, now's a good time to give. And we just remember that we give generously. We give cheerfully. We give from our heart. We don't give because it's a bill. We don't give because we're getting our arm twisted by anyone else or by God. God doesn't want your money if that's the case, right? He doesn't need your money. I guarantee you that. What he wants is your heart. Doesn't he say this in one of the passages about money? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, right? So this is a test of where your heart is of your true worship. It's a great test, right? And he loves us regardless. We know that, right? He doesn't love us more if we give more. He doesn't love us less if we give less. That's not it. It's just a simple litmus test of our heart towards him can i just share a praise with you from this uh in february we had a girl courtney karen come up and she went to the mission field right so she's in california now getting trained at frontiers to go on to the mission field to a foreign place that we can't even say the name because it's an unreached people group and we all gave about $750. And we as a church took some of the money from the budget and said, this is compassion. We want to outreach. And so we sent her $1,500. And we've, I've never said that to you guys. I've never celebrated that with you guys. That's God's grace in you giving and us giving as a church to somebody who's going to go spread the gospel. You guys remember in March? A volcano erupted in St. Vincent Island. I've been there. Kimberly's been there. We love Al and Debbie. It's really weird. I mean, a lot of end time stuff when you get into volcanic, right? The, the sky is black. The moon is dark. I mean, there's all these different references. And you're just like, oh my goodness, what's going on? And so we wanted to help them reach people with the gospel, right? And so we said, hey, you can give. You can give down front. You can you know, give online, and you guys gave upward to $3,000. We, we just sent a check for $3,000 to go minister to people, right? And I'm getting pictures all the time of rice and, <laughs> and food and water that they're getting in St. Vincent because of the money you've given. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, Right? So this time of worship, when we worship and giving, it means something, right? It means something, and uh, I'm excited. So we're going to worship and giving. I'm going to pray. That's what we do after all of our, you know, kind of, it's time to give talk. I'm just thinking through uh, our typical host moment that I've not done yet. And uh, if you're a guest today, I see a few. Um, here's the thing. Before I pray, there's this uh, app you can go to 
Church Center app. Um, but you can also just go to liftchurch.info. So if you have your phone, take your phone out. I do want to do this because a lot of people pray for you. And uh, so liftchurch.info. You can go there. This is called our Connect Register. You can either download the app. That'll take a little longer. Or you can just visit the website and go do it later if you want. But when you get to uh, that, liftchurch.info, and you go to the website, you're going to see the Connect Register, right? And you can fill out the Connect Register, let us know you're here, ask for any information, we'll follow up with you, and also you can, at the bottom, write a prayer request. You can also give there. So, worship and giving, right? If you feel compelled. If you're at the Church Center app, like most of you guys are, that are regular attenders, Hopefully you've done that. If you haven't, I really encourage you to because we put the bulletin up. We don't do paper bulletins anymore. This is it, right? Because this is the way you're going to see what we're preaching this week. So, liftchurch.info. Liftchurch.info. Go ahead and fill out the Connect Register now. Father God, thank you. Uh, we love to give to you. I'm just honestly, I wish we could just give it all. <laughs> and just, here it is, God. It's yours. And uh, but you say work hard. You say labor is worth his wages. You say that we should care for ourselves and even for our family. So we know that we need to be good stewards of our money, not just give it all away. This isn't a poverty gospel. It's, it's a balanced gospel around your word that says we make money, we do what we need to do to take care of what we should, what would honor you, and then we give to you. We give to you uh, out of our abundance, we give to you also out of our first fruits, and we love you so much, we give multiple, right? We just give, give whenever you, you lead us to give, we give. So right now, God, receive our adoration, receive our giving, receive our worship in fellowship, receive our worship in prayer, receive our worship in praise and testimony, receive our worship in giving. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Hey, uh, we were going to sing a song, but you know, we just had so much time worshiping already, we're not going to sing that song. How about that? All right, I'm just going to get right into the message. So um, flip over to Luke chapter... You guys are all ready, right? You guys didn't want to sing more, did you? If we have time at the end, we'll do it. All right? Flip over to Luke, chapter 24. That's been our kind of launching pad for this series. The only thing with me uh, leading worship is I'm very cognizant, but now you're probably worn out on listening to me talk. And so I pray that God will somehow give you strength to listen a little longer. Luke chapter 24. Verse 44 through 49. I've said it three times in a row. Who's been here all three weeks? I've said it three times in a row. I'm going to keep saying it because I want to bang this drum. I don't want you to leave this series going, what was he talking about? (laughs) I want this to be sealed in you. You know what? When you're ready for me to stop saying this, you know how I'll know? When you're telling other people it. When you're telling other people, hey, over in Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 49, here's what it says, here's what it means. When you're telling people, then I can be done talking about it. All right? So that's discipleship. That's how it goes. So uh, Luke 24, 44, and then he said to them, Jesus, these are my words that I have spoken to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me 
in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. I'm going to stop right there. This sheet right here that I gave out on Easter, now I'm giving it out again. If you haven't spent some time on this, this is what he's talking about. So as we stay and as we wait for the promise, this is a good place to start. Because not only does Jesus want to tell them, law of Moses, prophets, Psalms, here's the references, here's the way it shows me. The Old Testament's about Jesus. He not only wants to tell his disciples, he wants to tell you. So I've prepared this for you. If you go listen to the Holy Spirit, just ask him. Just just take this piece of paper and put it before the Lord and say, Lord, teach me. Right? Teach me. I'm going to read your word. Teach me. Speak, guide, lead, teach me. Comfort me by your word. Help me to believe. Right? And he will. All right, that's that piece of paper. You got it when you walked in. If you didn't, it's on the table. You can grab it. Verse 45 starts the four things I've been saying. There's a couple more, but I've put it into four. I've condensed it. That Jesus said from the resurrection, said and did from the resurrection to his ascension over 40 days. Now, do you guys get this picture? Okay, let me paint the picture for you. So over here, Remember we had uh, Levi standing over here, right? Resurrection, day one, okay? Luke 24, okay, day one, right? And then over here, perfectly timeline. I like inched it out and everything. You're like, yeah, whatever. I did some figures. Pentecost, right? 50 days, the 50th day. So seven weeks and a day right? Seven weeks in a day. And then what I just referenced was the ascension right here. That's just 40 days in, right? So we got this timeline. We got way over here, right? We got resurrection. Remember Easter was like, Christ is risen! You know, like remember that? Okay, that's, that's day one. We did that on April 4th. And then we got 40 days in. He's like, hey, I've told you everything I'm going to tell you, and I'm giving you the Holy Spirit, so you're good. Right? I got you to where I need you. And then they take 10 days, and they devote themselves to prayer, and bam, on Pentecost, the promise comes on the 50th day. All right, now, where are we in our study? Okay, I'll flip it over for you now. You'll, you'll, you'll get it later. Right here. This is Thomas, day eight. Okay, day eight, so we've gone one week. Like, dude, it's been like uh, four weeks since Easter. I know, I know, we'll catch you up. But it's been one week in the Word, okay? So we'll get to that in a second when we get over to John 20. So, then he opened their minds. Let's put up the, um, I don't think this thing is working. I'll look back here. What, yep, there we go. What did Jesus uh, do what he did between day one and day 40. And this is the first thing he did. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Can he do that to you as well? Will he use the Holy Spirit to do it? Yes, he will. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer they were surprised that he was a suffering. They thought he was going to be a conquering king. He's a suffering servant. That's a surprise. Well, and then he goes to the Old Testament. He's like, look, 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 look. Oh, I get it. Later, he'll come back and he'll be the conquering king. Trust me, you can bank on it. And they repent. Uh, and that repentance of forgiveness should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of the Father upon you, but stay, this is the series we're in, but stay in the city, in Jerusalem, until you are clothed with the power on, from on high. Stay, like I'm just going to reference it to our church, stay between the resurrection and Pentecost until He comes. Alright? Just, just stay. Don't go tell anybody about Jesus this week. Oh, uh, I guess I know. I better do that. But is it you doing it, or is it the Spirit doing it? Because if it's you doing it, don't do it. You're going to bruise the fruit. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a difference between when God's like pulling on your ear like Pastor Bob said, and he's like, hey, you need to tell that person. Okay. I'm going to tell them. I'm going to be obedient. But when I want to do it, hey, did you know if you got hit by a car, you're going to die and you're going to go to hell? Whoop. Okay, now, like, maybe that works if the timing's right. Right? But maybe you're just trying to twist somebody's arm into heaven. Have you ever twisted somebody's arm into heaven? They're either chosen or they're not. They're either his or they aren't. You're not going to get somebody saved that isn't going to be saved. Right? And I'm not telling you to stop telling people. I'm just saying, like, listen, wait, hear, and do what God tells you to do. Okay? And he speaks in his word, too, so when he says go, you can go. All right. So, stay in the city. Now, flip over to Acts chapter 1. Remember, that's volume 2. You're like, somebody say it. How often are you going to tell us the same thing? (laughs) I mean, like, this is three weeks in a row you said the same thing. All right, well, because I'm going to keep saying it until you get it, right? And you can teach someone else. So you just come tell me. It's like, hey, dude, you can be done. I'm teaching now. All right, good, perfect, all right? So Acts chapter 1, second letter of Luke. The first book, O Theophilus, I dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day when he was taken up. When's that? Ascension, right? He was taken up. Okay. But he says, after he had, so let's continue this theme after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he has chosen. So from day 1 to day 40, what was he doing? Jesus was showing up every once in a while, but what else was he doing? He was giving them commands through the Holy Spirit. He was communicating to them. That's what it says. I didn't make it up. That's what it says. Right? The Word of God is the Word of God. You either think it's real or you don't. I think it's real. That's why I'm preaching this. Right? So somehow he was communicating through the Holy Spirit to the disciples, to the apostles, 11 of them, to tell them, here's what we're going to do. Here's who you're going to, you know, he was communicating. He commanded them to go to Galilee. They're like, well, yeah, Maberry told them that. They they didn't go. (laughs) They didn't go. So something here, he's, he's telling them what to do and when to do it. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them for 40 days, that's the time period, and speaking to them about the kingdom of God. So that's the third thing. He was telling them there's a kingdom. It's God's kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. One day it'll be on earth, but for now, it's a spiritual kingdom. It's raining now. I have authority over everything. And then he continues. He says some of the most crazy verses in the Bible. And while staying with them, eating with them, he ordered them. I mean, literally, he's like commanding them. Do not depart from Jerusalem, but, what does it say? Wait. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. So this is something that he said during that time. Jesus said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Remember I said it's not minutes and it's not hours. It's days. It's not months. It's not weeks. It's days. Ten days. You will be baptized, immersed, soaking wet with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So then when they came together, these guys were like, yeah, this is awesome. No, they were like, "Um, when are we going to like have a kingdom on earth? Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Kind of like they got their own agenda. Anybody like that? Nobody. Okay, I'm the only one that has their own agenda. You and me, Ben. 
All right, we, we have our agenda. Nobody else has an agenda. Well, thanks for coming. All right. You know where liars go? To heaven if they're saved. All right, let's just be clear. All right, good. All right, so repent. All right, so keep going. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. That's coming. God knows when. That should be enough for you. But, 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 get back on task, boys. What have I been saying to you for 40 days? Let me just bang that drum one more time before I leave. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and into the ends of the earth. I'm going to focus on these words. Believe and be blessed. Believe and be blessed today. Flip over one page back to John chapter 20. In the online bulletin, I've put a lot of the old notes just to keep you uh, current. Week one, turn, repent. Week two, take, receive. Do you guys remember that illustration? Andrew slapped that box. Do you guys remember that? That was the present I brought to you guys. Didn't know it was slapped in church, did you? You, you know, if, if God offers you something, you could, you could slap it away if you want. God offers you a blessing today. You want it or not? You're going to receive it? You're going to take it? I hope that you'll embrace it. Right? So that was week two, take and receive. And now week three, okay? Trust. We got to trust. We got to trust God. We got to believe. So, Believe and be blessed. Okay. I'm going to go after it this way. I'm going to say this to start. You, your response matters. I'm going to make it really personal. I'm not talking to anybody else but you today. Your response matters. Your parents' response, nah, don't matter. Your best friend's response, don't matter. Your response to God's Word, to the Gospel, to what He's teaching us in between this time period, it matters. Pay attention and respond. And your response matters. Matter of fact, it matters so much, it's life or death. You're going to see that in the passage. So go ahead and let's read it together. This is our food for today. This is John chapter 20, verse 24. John chapter 20, verse 24. If you're there, say you're there. All right, some participation in church. Now, Thomas, one of the twelve. How many is it now? How many is it? Twelve or is it? It's eleven. They're just called the twelve. It's like a nickname, all right? It's eleven right now. One of the twelve called the twin. Or Didymus. Does your Bible say Didymus? Who who says Didymus? All right. Didymus is Thomas in Greek. Thomas is Thomas in Aramaic. Translated, obviously. Okay. So, that's his name, okay, in two different languages. His nickname is the twin, right? Was not with them when Jesus came. Where was he? I mean, I don't read the Bible and just go, well, just keep reading. Where was he? I mean, goodness gracious, did he have a lot of friends right now? Did he have a lot of safe places to be? There's a warrant out for his arrest. The guards lied and said that the disciples stole him. Stole Jesus' body. Remember that from Matthew? Where is he? Let me submit to you. The Bible never says. But let me submit to you based on his personality. That he was in isolation. 
that he got by himself. That's a bad place to be. We need each other. And he needed to be there, right? I read one commentary. I don't know if I'd take it this far, but there's like, this is a good evidence you need to be in church. I'm like, yeah, you're a pastor. <laughs> you're just trying to get people there, aren't you? We, we need people. We need each other. COVID was tough. I need to be with you. You need to be with me. We need to be together in community. Our lift groups need to thrive again. It's coming, right? It needs to happen. We need each other. And he was in isolation. So the other disciples told him, can you just imagine this? Just, just, could you, just close your eyes and picture this in your head. The other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. Can you imagine how excited they were? Woo! They're just like grinning ear to ear. Like, yeah, Mary told us we didn't believe, but we've seen him! It's so, he's alive. It's real. It's true. How many times did they say it to him? Did they keep telling him? Uh-huh. Did they wear him out? You better believe it because look at his reply. This is only what happens to somebody who's real stubborn when they've been told 50 times and they're like, I don't believe it and I won't believe it. Right? This is what people like that say. Look at it. Look what it says. But he said, Thomas said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger, I need to, I need to touch him. Not just see him, I need to touch him. And place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand, I'm just going to thrust my hand in his side, I will never believe. Unless I see, I will never believe. Some of us are like that. Some of us respond like Thomas. Unless I see, I will never believe. Pastor Bob comes up here. I feel like water's coming up my ear. Pastor Steve says, oh, 9-11, and I don't know what God's telling me. I don't believe it. Right? I don't believe it. Didn't happen to me. I don't know. Should I believe Bob? I'm not sure. Didn't happen to me. Unless it happens to me, I'm not believing it. Is that how we act as Christians? We walk by faith, not by sight, it says in Corinthians. We walk by faith. Our whole life is based on faith. There is nothing in here that isn't alive because of faith. It's not blind faith. We've got a ton of evidence here right in front of us. But it's faith, right? It's a trust. All right, so he says, unless I see, I will never believe. Maybe that's your response today. Verse 26, eight days later, timeline, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. At least he's made one progress. He's not in isolation anymore. He's together, all right? Good. He's wearing on him. Although the doors were locked. Why were the doors locked? Maybe. We don't know. It doesn't say fear this time. Maybe they just like to lock their doors at night. Do you guys lock your doors at night? Do you do it because of fear? I live in the country. I don't do it because of fear. The deer aren't coming in. Although they'd try. They'd gnaw everything else off. Maybe they'd gnaw the door knob off. Honestly, little rodents. They're not little. Big rodents. But honestly, sometimes we just lock the doors out of habit. Had their faith grown to the point where they didn't need to lock the doors, but they just were doing it out of habit? Or, or were they still scared? I don't know. Don't know. But the doors were locked. Why is that important? Why does he even say that? To prove to you the power of God. He's proving to you God is powerful. This is a new resurrected body. This is Jesus Christ. Jesus came and stood among them through a locked door. Didn't knock, 
He just arrived. Here I am. Can he come like that now? Only if you believe he can. He shows up. Jesus does that. And he stood by them. And he said, peace be with you. Does that sound familiar? said that twice last week. said it once. Then he said it again. And right after that, he said what? He breathed on them the Holy Spirit. Said it once, said it twice, breathed on them the Holy Spirit. Now he comes eight days later and he says it again. What do you think they were thinking? Oh, okay. Thank you, right? They're, they're reminded. Things happen that remind you of other things. So they're immediately like, oh yeah. Thomas has been eight days. No Holy Spirit? How miserable. How miserable, right? When it says he was communicating to the 12, well, he, a, little, a little bit shorter for, for Thomas, right? He didn't even believe. He didn't believe Jesus was alive, let alone that there was a Holy Spirit, that the promise was coming. So, then he said to Thomas, so he says, peace be with you to everybody. And then he says to Thomas, he turns his attention, he says, put your finger right here in my hands and put your hand and place it in my side. You guys are taking this in stride. I'm like, what? How did he know that Thomas said that? Was he there? No. So what would you do if somebody read your mail? Like, how do you know? We've been talking to you, bro. Like, I mean, this just isn't like you read the word and you're like, it has to come alive. It has to be true. So, he says this to him, and he caps it off with this statement. You know what Jesus' response is? Thomas' response is, unless I see, I won't believe. I'll never believe. Jesus gives him eight days to think about it. And then he comes to him, day eight. Peace be with you all. Hey, Thomas, let's have a talk. You know what he says? He says, do everything you said you wanted to do. I'm here for you, bro. But this is what he says at the end. Don't miss it. This is Jesus' response to our lack of faith. Do not disbelieve, but believe. So if you have a brother or sister in Christ who's disbelieving, who's doubting, who's got a spirit of unbelief, what what do we need to say to him? Hey, 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 I love you. Peace be to you. Jesus loves you. Do not disbelieve but belief. We need to encourage them to do what Jesus says. His response to our unbelief. Do not disbelieve. He doesn't say, hey, moron, what's wrong with you? These are your ten best friends. You can't take their word for it? He doesn't say that. He says, don't disbelieve. Please. Please don't doubt. Please don't make demands. If he does this, he's real. If he doesn't, he's not. Don't don't do that. But believe. That's Jesus' response. Believe. It's good, huh? Then he says this in wrapping it up. Thomas answered him. Oh, here's another response. My Lord and my God. Now, I don't want to get into it, but my Lord, kind of like a, you're my human master. It's very physical. And, and my God, that's, that's beyond, that's spiritual, right? So he's like, you're not only the guy here on earth, but you're the guy in heaven. And you're the guy, right? I mean, he's on it. 
Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? What's the answer to that? What's the answer to that? I mean, again, we're in church. You can answer like, what's the answer to that? Have you believed because you've seen? Yes. Yes. And some of us think to ourselves, yeah, and if I saw, I'd believe too. Just show me. Have you believed because you've seen? But here's the astounding part about that statement. What did he say he would have to do to believe? What did he say he would have to do to believe? He said, I need to touch him. I need to touch him to believe. He made a demand. That's what unbelief does. It makes a demand. I have to touch it or I'm never believing. Unless I stick my finger in, unless I stick my hand in, not going to happen. Did it happen? Jesus has a way of shattering your demands, doesn't he? So lovingly so. <laughs> He's just like, it's like, is that all? You just need to see? Because I thought you said you wanted to touch. It's okay. We're good. Have you believed because you have seen me? Yeah, yeah, I have. Then he says this. You ever wonder where you are in Scripture? Anybody ever wonder where they are in Scripture? End of John 17, he prays for you. Here, he talks about you. What does he say? Read the next word. Blessed. That's it, guys. You are blessed. You came to church. I say your response matters. And and you could reap a blessing today. You are blessed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Do you fall in that category? Are you blessed? I haven't seen Jesus. I've seen the effects of my sin. I've seen the effects of the wind, of the the Spirit helping. I've seen the effects of the blood covering. I've seen the effects of Jesus, but I've never seen Jesus face to face. I I just haven't. I'm not going to lie to you. So that means I'm blessed. Because I haven't seen him face to face, but I believe. With all my heart, I believe that he's real. And one of the main reasons I believe is right here in John chapter 20. Just look back. John chapter 20, look at verse 8. Then the other disciple, that's John, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and what does it say? He saw and believed. His conversion experience. Look at what's around that. Look at verse 9. For as of yet, they did not understand the Scripture that he must rise from the dead. So after that, Jesus taught them, hey, this is suffering, this is the resurrection, this is who I am. So he saw, John had a response. What was his response? He saw and believed the resurrection. All right, now, look down. Look at verse... 18. Look at verse 18. You see what it says? Some great proof here. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord! And that he had said these things to her. What did he say? Look at verse 17. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended my Father, but go to my brother's And say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father. Make the connection, boys. I am ascending to my God and your God. What did Thomas just do? My Lord and my God. He just made the connection. That's what he did. So John is in this chapter trying to prove to you. He's trying to convince you. To respond in a certain way. He's saying, I personally responded. I saw, I believed the resurrection. Then Mary, she saw the Lord and helped the disciples make the connection. 
And then look at verse 25. Verse 25 in our passage. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. There's a lot of seeing going on. We have seen the Lord. Disciples said we saw him. In verse 20 it says they were glad when they saw the Lord. In verse 21, he gives the great commission and the power to fulfill it with the Holy Spirit. So he gives us the commission and the ministry of reconciliation. Okay? He gives us both. Right there. And then the cherry on top is Thomas. Look at it. Thomas is like, I'll never believe. You ever had friends like that? Somebody you witness to, somebody you say, hey, don't you think? No, I'll never believe. It's like God could be right in front of them, hands, and they're like, no, I'm not, I'm not in. <laughs> what does he say? Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Why? Because he had seen him. Have you believed because you've seen? Yeah, I did. Didn't need to touch you though. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Verse 30 and 31. Let's end our night uh, t- uh, today with this, okay? So it says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, w- which were not written in this book of John. But these are written so that you may believe. Why are they written? Let's say it, church. Why are they written? So that point to who you is. Right here. So that you may believe and be blessed. Believe and be blessed. These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, that's the Messiah, the chosen one of Israel, the son of, or the offspring of David, right? Human side. And the son of God, the spiritual side, God in flesh. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. I'm not going to turn there, but uh, John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39 reference the fact that you will have springs of living water flowing from you. And he says, and this he spoke about the Spirit. Go back and read John. John is setting you up all through his gospel to say to you two things. You need to believe. Let that be your response. And if it is, receive the Holy Spirit and you will never thirst again. Now, I've been over this three weeks. Thomas's response was, I'll never believe. Did he believe? Did he? He did. You're reading it. It's written down for you. John was nice enough to write it down. Jesus was nice enough to keep it for you through people trying to slaughter Bibles, burn Bibles. He kept it going for you. So you could have his love letter in your hand today. Jesus' response? Don't disbelieve. But believe. What's your response? What's your response? Because that's what the book is about. The book is so that it's written down. Pictures so that you may believe. What's your response? That's what matters. Your response matters. 
So I'll leave it with you there. How will you respond to the word of God? Luke 24, Acts chapter 1. Have you spent some time there studying it? Have you told some other people about it? And John chapter 20. This time between resurrection and Pentecost. It's in your lap. I've dumped it in your lap. Three weeks now I've dumped it in your lap. You might be sick of it. I could see it in your eyes. Some of you guys are, I'm sick of that. Don't talk to them about that again. If you believe it, it'll make your heart sing. It'll make your heart sing. Okay? Right. Father God, search every heart, search every soul, search every mind, search every spirit here. Like Donnie said earlier, let them examine themselves and to see if they are in the faith. God, it's great to have a message like this every once in a while where we're just reminded that belief is what you ask for. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on, not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will guide your paths. We don't have to wake up with our own agenda. We can follow your timeline. We submit to it. We yield to it. In this church, as corporate body, we yield to your time. What do you want to do here? How do you want to change us? We love you, God. We also understand, God, that belief determines behavior. So if we examine our behavior, we'll see what we really believe. And I pray that we'll walk out of here feeling the weight that our response matters. Eternal life, everlasting death in the balance. Thank you, Jesus, for making it so clear for us. You've made the choice just a bit easier, like you did for Thomas. Thank you, God. You are my Lord and my God. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. All right. We've been long enough. You are loved. We'll see you next week.